We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. Y'all recognize, sometimes we get a little spoiled. Do you realize the talent and the giftings and the anointing that we have up here on the platform? From the choir, there's band members, there's musicians, there's people out here. I mean, at any given week, it could be anybody, right? Because it's just, they're loaded. And I got to tell you, about 10 minutes to 11 this morning, service starts in, was starting in 10 minutes, I said, I saw somebody had sent me a picture, and a picture about 10 to 11, and I'd already sent my scriptures to Michelle, we're ready to go, I've got plenty of scriptures to preach from today, uh, here we are pushing into Thanksgiving week, and uh, I, got a, I got a message on the presence of God, and um, about 10 minutes to 11, this picture came across, and it was a picture of a, a, a group, a gospel group, that has finished their last concert. Now, I want you to think about that. Their last concert, their last show, their last ministry appointment this past week, and um, I, don't, I saw the picture, Rex was with me, I saw the picture, and I started crying. I thought, my gosh, what in the world has that hit me so deep for? And... I went and read about them. They had started their ministry, singing ministry, in 1954. 1954. Right. God thought it was important, too. That was before I was born. Right? 1954 to, to 2019. That is 65 years in ministry, week after week after week. And then, just overwhelmed with Thanksgiving for some reason. I don't know what it is. And as I was pulled up one of their songs, it's not even a style that I particularly care for, okay? It's not something I, I don't have, in fact, I only have a few of their songs on, a few of that type of songs, the songs on my Apple Music, Apple Library. But back in 1997, it dawned on me why it hit me. In 1997... I had just had an encounter with God on January 9th, 1997. The Lord let me see me in the state I was in, and in, in a moment's notice, he let me see me, and then let me see him. And I remember saying these words, God, if you'll take this mess, I'll give it to you. And I knew from my upbringing that repentance meant really repentance. It meant that I had to turn away. That means I had to break some things off. I couldn't just say I wanted a new life and try to get my old life to just change with me. I had to get a new life. And while everything was going brand new in 1997 for me, and the whole world was opening up, and God was calling me to ministry, new relationships and ministry were happening, good things were happening. While that was going on, at the same time, my whole new world was opening up. My old world was falling apart. You know what I'm talking about? You have excitement on one hand, but feel like agonizing on the other. And one day, it was, I had, back in that, that day, it was WTSF on TV. Anybody know what WTSF? You remember that Christian station in Ashland? And I turned it on, there was an old preacher on there that used to, didn't really like him. He made me mad all the time because he preached hellfire and brimstone and I didn't care much for him. But that day, he said, I want to play a song for you. And he broke away to these people in 1997 what is it, 22 years ago? 
And he broke away this, and he's played this song, and I couldn't stop crying because it, it depicted my life at that moment. And I think when I saw that picture that said 65 years in ministry, whether you stylistically like it or not, 65 years is a long time seeing countless and countless people saved. Right? So after I got through cleaning out my nose and everything, about 5 to 11, I text Steph and I said, I know you're busy, but do you remember this? Do you know this? She said, I know those people well, ministered with them for years. And she says, what do you want? And I said, with no notice, I'm going to call you up and I'm going to have you do a couple of their songs in honor of their 65 years. But I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to open up your heart and hear the lyrics of these songs. Whether you like the style or not, it's not the issue. Let her minister the life of a chapter that's closing 65 years later. And let it be a moment in your life that might open up something for your life to continue on. Ready? Life is easy when you're up on the mountain. You've got peace of mind like you've never known. But then things change when you're down in the No, don't lose faith for you're never alone. For the God on the mountain is still God in the valley when things go God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. We talk of faith when we're up on the mountain. Like this part, but talk comes so easy when life's at its best. But now it's down in the valleys of trials and temptations. That's when your faith is really put to the test. Oh, I know that the God of the mountain is still God in the valleys when things go
huge part of my life and she Peg McCain used to do this song and I want you to listen to the words of this song this was one of those that she did for years God of the Mountain was probably one of their biggest ones but this one as a little girl going to those concerts and watching that I'll never forget and these lyrics have stuck with me for years and years throughout everything that I've ever seen these lyrics stuck with me so many times when Simon Peter walked abreast, putting his faith up to the test, he said, Master, will thou bid me come unto thee? Well, Jesus said, Come. So Peter went, and when the faith he had was spent, Peter sank low, but Jesus had waves roll under his feet, under his feet, under his feet. There's not a problem that you'll face, he cannot be. Whenever you've waded out too far in the waters too deep, remember when waves are over your head, they're under his feet. Yes. Now often we fade with trials sore. We can't face our problems anymore. Forgetting wherever we may go. Well, he's been there before. Well, we should look up and praise the Lord. Because he walks the waters and the shores. The heavenly breeze and the thundering seas are under his feet. Under his feet. A problem that you'll face, he cannot beat. Whenever you've waded out too far in the waters too deep, when remember when waves are over your head, they're under his feet. Whenever you've waded out too far. In the waters too deep. Remember when waves are over your head, they're under his feet. Yeah. Isn't that good? Doesn't matter if you like, this may not be your song selection, but if you're you can't appreciate those lyrics and the spirit of that song which that was written and sung, then we're going to have an altar call for you. 
we will be a church that appreciates all music. We will appreciate the, the, the southern gospel to the hymns to the, 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 the classical Pentecostal songs, black gospel, urban gospel, call it what you want. We'll like them all. We like K-Love. We like Bethel, Jesus Culture Elevation. We like it all. And we love the, the McCamies. Is that all right? Because we appreciate what originates from the spirit of that thing is the Lord. Right? I just feel it. That's just crazy. And if you haven't, if you can't appreciate that, then you're, and you, if you're cynical, I just don't know who I'm talking to, but you're cynical, you haven't lived long enough to see your kids go through anything. Or you haven't lived long enough to go through anything. And then when you go through something, you appreciate stuff, right? Matt, just come up for a second. Help on that piano. This is what I'm talking about, all right? That Journey song that you used to play. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. <laughs> Steph, you know that one? Don't stop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen. You know, God does come to church. Amen. You know? And sometimes you just have to have fun and enjoy it. And it is Thanksgiving week. And it is getting close to, not everything has to be all serious all the time. It doesn't have to be all that. Sometimes it can be fun. Play it, Matt.
See, here's the, re here's the real issue. Sometimes we sing songs that you all don't listen to, and we don't sing the songs that you do listen to. And you're thinking, because everybody in here knew that one. <laughs> right? We didn't need any screen words. You, you thought it was McCamey's, but you weren't sure, some of you, when she was singing the McCamey's. You're going, that sounds like the McCamey's, but I'm not really sure. Nobody had to say, Steph, what's that journey? <laughs> Nobody. Right? So my, my, my point is this. It's okay to have fun. It is okay to enjoy your Christianity. It really is. I believe if, if Jesus was here in the flesh, he might have sang the second verse. He might have just said, not wine, he would have said new wine. And for all, for all you know the second verse, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you don't, you go look it up. You're already probably looking it up on Google Lyrics right now, I can tell. The bottom line is, it, this thing is meant to, to be enjoyable. And we are sometimes so serious all the time that because life is tough. Man, it does get hard. And I know, man. I mean, I remember that McKinney song. I wouldn't have went out and bought that album until I turned on that preacher that I didn't like on the DSF. And he said, I'm going to play a song for you today. And I thought, oh, God. And I listened, and here they come. 1997. It was the God of the, on the mountain. And my life was spiraling out of control in one area, and the other areas were going the Lord was just doing amazing things. I didn't know how to live in a, a dichotomy and a roller coaster when on one hand things were good, on the other hand things were not so good. I didn't know how to live there. And then I learned through that song, that lyric, those songs, he's the God on the mountain, he's the God in the valley. He's the same both yesterday and today and forever. He is that God. And it gave me a comfort to know, my goodness. And then, this is the craziest thing. I'm not one of those people, because I, I, I'm not showy a, a lot like that. We don't do a lot of that stuff, showy stuff. But that woman kicked off her shoes on that, on that video and sang that second verse again. And I found myself screaming, crying in that little grocery store that I had at a little television and her singing that song. And I thought to myself, what in the world is happening to me? But something on the inside of me was being ministered to. And I thank God for, for 65 years of those people going around the country, ministering to people that were just in my, just like I was. Can I get an amen? amen? Right? You just don't know the people you're ministering to and the seeds that you're sowing into people's lives. That's why we don't take it for granted. That's why we go to the nursing homes and minister to nursing homes. That's why we go visit people in the jail. Why? Because we're sowing seeds and we're bringing life wherever we go. That's what this is all about. Now, let's get spiritual for a minute. Exodus chapter. Let's just make one up here real fast. Let me pick one. Exodus 33. 33. Exodus 33. Starting in verse 12. I'm going to read you a couple passages of scripture. Or we might sing some more rock and roll songs. I don't know yet. I just got a picture of the Lord just smiling. Honest to goodness, I just, I'm just, just had a picture in my mind of him smiling. Some of y'all frowning, but he's smiling. Can't believe, we're doing, can't believe we're doing that in church. Well, me and the Lord have church sometimes in my car. Huh. I want to read that scripture, don't I? Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. 
Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you've also found grace in my sight. This is Moses. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, Moses telling God, show me now your way that I may know you and that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. God's response. My, look at this. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Rest comes with his presence. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from, I am not going unless it's your presence goes with us. Because I can't do this by myself, Moses is saying. You called me up out of that bush, away from those sheep. You brought me out of that place. And now you're telling me to go talk to Pharaoh and bring all these people out. I am not going in my own power. I'm not going on my reputation. I'm not going just because I know how the Egyptians work. I will only go if you go with me. And the Lord says, I will go. My, look at this. My presence will go with you and you will get rest. Joshua, chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, you've got to keep in mind, God's presence went with Moses. They knew that. Now he's dead. Now, therefore, God says, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to this to this great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5 says it all. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Here. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. End of story. Joshua had a, a, a revelation, an understanding. Uh-uh. Moses said, I'm not going if your presence don't go with me. Uh-uh, I'm not trying this thing on my own. I'm not doing this by myself. I don't have confidence in myself to do it. I've tried stuff and it's failed before. God, if you go, I go. God says, my presence will go with you and it will give you rest. Now Moses is dead. Joshua, he's looking for one thing. He's not looking for just some instruction He's wanting to hear the same words that he heard from, to, from his father Moses. God, what, what, what's happening? Moses is dead. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Period. My presence will go with you, and it will give you rest. Are you following me? It's about his presence. Yes, there's instruction. Yes, there's strategy. Yes, there's ways to do things the right way. Yes, there's things in, uh, of, of instruction and what we should do. But unless his presence is there, everything we're doing and do will be in vain. We need his presence. The beautiful part about it is he went on to say to Joshua that he did not say with Moses. He said, I will be with you. I'll never leave you. 
and I'll never forsake you. Why didn't he tell that to Moses? Moses had the instruction to go talk to Pharaoh. I'm going with you. I'll journey these people with you. With, 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 with uh, Joshua, he knew if he said, Joshua's going to need a little bit more than, hey, your presence is, as I was with Moses, I'm with you. Because it's going to get tough. You're going to have to fight this one out. There's, there's giants in your land. There's Hittites. There's Amorites in your land. You, you, it's your territory. I've given it to the children of Israel. But you got to know something. I'm with you, and I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. In other words, there might be a moment in time where you think I've left you and forsaken you, but you've got to know that my presence is still there. There might be a moment to doubt in the middle of the situation where it looks like you're losing and all hell is falling against you, but you're going to have to look at yourself and say, I remind myself that you said you'd never leave me or forsake me. He said it in the New Testament. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you into the end of the world. Told all the believers, I am with you. Your presence is here. Then why is it that sometimes we as believers think that his presence is somewhere else rather than the concentrated focus on his presence right here? Turn that scripture that I gave you earlier. Give me a moment, Sean. Luke chapter 5. It had happened when Jesus was in a certain city that behold, a man who was full of the leprosy. Let's go before that one. Let's go with verse 11 first. One more back, if sorry. Did I mess you up? That was my fault. I gave her started with 12, but I wanted to end, read the end of 11. So when they brought their boats to the land, look at this, they forsook all they had and they followed him. He had a crowd. He had a multitude of people following him because of what he has just done in the first 11 verses in Luke. After they, they're following him, they left all their stuff. Now he's got people coming behind him, people that were, were saved, people that were not saved, people that were, were hungry for the Lord and want his presence. Verse 12 then says this, and it happened when he was in a certain city had a bunch of followers that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And when he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, here's the question, you can make me clean. Next verse says, then he put out his hand and touched him, and Jesus says, I'm willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. Verse 14, and he charged him to tell no one but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses has commanded. Moses, here we are. You see that? As Moses commanded. I'm gonna make, he's going to make a reference right now. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. Even though Jesus says, don't go tell everybody, go do exactly what you needed to do according to Moses' law. The guy goes and does that, but it didn't stop it. Jesus don't have to be trophied because you can't keep what he's doing in a box anyway. Nothing wrong with championing him like we did this morning. Nothing wrong with telling what God's done in your life. But I got good news for you. There's so much good stuff happening right now in people's life. It, ain't, it can't be stopped. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. And a great multitude, hear me, hear me when I say this, a great multitude came together to hear him. And God healed, and, and, and to be healed by, the, by him of their infirmities, verse 16, so he himself 
often withdrew him into the wilderness and prayed. Verse 17. Now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord, whoa, the power of the Lord was what? Present to heal them. One translation says the presence of the Lord was there to heal them all. Moses, I'll, I'll go with you and I'll give you rest. My presence will be with you and I will give you rest. Joshua, as I was with Moses, I'm with you. You have my presence. All the people getting healed in this one particular city, multitudes came together to be healed of their infirmities. And the Bible says that his presence, the power of his presence was there to heal them all. The Lord is just looking for a people to have a focused concentration on his presence. Amen. On who he is. And I'm here to tell you, he manifests his presence. He did it through Jesus. Today, he does it through you. Yes. It's no longer good to look outside of yourself. It's not your humanity. It's his divinity working inside of you. Amen. And it's the Lord himself screaming out, roaring like a lion, trying to manifest, reveal, unveil, pour out himself. So his presence revealed gives rest to the people. There's no infirmity, and we would all agree with this, no infirmity that's greater than the presence of God. And he said to the guy with leprosy, if you're willing, would you just heal me? And if the Lord said, I'm willing to heal you, and he's no respecter of persons. Do you not think he's willing to touch you? But he was so focused, Jesus and the Father were such a one, that he was able to reveal the heart of the Father because he became the manifest presence of the Father. I'm looking at several people in here this morning. You, if you have him in you, you are the manifest presence of the will of the Father. The more we become understanding of that, the more we become aware of his presence in you, which is the only hope of glory, Amen. then we'll be able to release a rest in the people that we come in contact with. Would you agree with me that the country is in unrest? Amen. Would you agree with me that even our city and our region is in unrest? Would you agree with me that there's disorders and dis-ease all over the country, all over our city, all over our region, all over our tri-state area, there are disorders and diseases, not just sickness and disease, I'm talking about disorders and diseases. But if the Lord said to Moses, I'll go with you and my presence will be rest, he tells Joshua, 
And Moses, that was the main thing for Moses. Moses didn't say, look, if you'll send me 5,000 people, I'll go. Moses says, if you don't go, I'm not going. Moses knew the treasure he had in the presence of God. Joshua knew he had to have something, and he followed Moses. In fact, there was a time where Moses went up on the mountain, and the Bible says that Joshua tried to go with him. Why? The presence of God. As I was with your servant Moses, I will be with you. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Even though there's going to be moments in time, Joshua, that you think I could and I did. But I didn't and I won't. Moses saw it as precious. Moses saw it as the treasure. Joshua saw it as the treasure. And Jesus demonstrated it as the treasure. Everywhere he went, Philip said, Won't you just make it real clear for us, Jesus? Just show us the Father. Well, can you just, is he, just take us behind the curtain, and show, or, or just better yet, take us somewhere and show us, show us who he is. Jesus says, Philip, have I not been with you all this time? And you don't know that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Why is, we look at Jesus and say, It's okay for Jesus to say that. Because God forbid if you would say it, you'd be a heretic. But I got news for you. They told Jesus he was a heretic too for saying that. I'm not telling you you're God. But what I am telling you, that God is in you and the presence of God is in you. And if you don't start recognizing the presence of God, you will not be able to give off rest. You are the only, and I are the only representative in the earth today that can look at somebody with infirmity and say, I'm willing Jesus had to pray against that because the Father didn't give that curse to that man, that leprosy. If Jesus would have prayed against the leprosy and God gave it to him, Jesus and the Father would have been divided and they were one. Are you hearing me? Oh, what am I trying to say this morning? I'm trying to say that this is Thanksgiving week and the Lord is pouring out a fresh dose of revelation of his presence so he can bring rest to an unrested world. And he's not going to do it outside of his body. He's not going to do it outside of you and me. It's going to have to be us first wakening up to the reality that you carry something that's greater than you. And you are the representation of the Father in every unrested place, every disordered place, every diseased place. And you're going to have to begin to tackle some of these things and take a step and a risk and taking a risk and stepping out in faith going, I'm willing to do what it takes to bring rest into those positions. Yeah. And it won't be because you're smart that brings rest. It will be because you have his presence that brings rest. Right. It won't be because you have a greater strategy and you're more intellectual than somebody else. Because your argument, somebody else could argue with you. It will be the presence that you carry. I don't know why God chose people to deposit himself in, to inhabit himself with, but he did. I'm becoming more aware of his presence every moment of every day. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how it's happening, but I'm hoping it's happening to you. He is not a theological study or a science to learn. He is a being to experience and to carry and walk with to relate to, to talk to, to feel. 
And that's what we used to say. He's not a feeling. Yes, he is a feeling. I feel him. He don't bypass your emotions. I feel him. And when I don't feel him, I trust he'll never leave me and forsake me. When circumstances knock me back and I don't feel, I got to know, oh, guess what? Lord, I know you're there. Why? I, by faith, believe you said you wouldn't leave Moses, wouldn't leave Joshua, and you said with them the presence of God was there to heal them all. You've got to be here with me now. Am I talking to anybody this morning? When, when, when you get rocked with a bad report, he'll never leave you or forsake you. Right? When the world starts trying to come against you, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm lonely. I feel isolated. I feel all by myself. I'll never leave you, forsake you. You know, that's a wonderful promise. But if the promise just stopped there, we would be hope, we, our hearts would be with hope deferred, and you would end up being sick. Are you hearing me? His presence to Moses was to go let the people go. His presence to Joshua was you're going to go take a land that I promised to your children, your fathers, and your forefathers. He had the presence of God on Jesus, the Father on Jesus, to heal all with infirmity. The presence is to be enjoyed, but it's also to be released. It always changes Stand with me. Step to the good door here.
We'll come up here for a second. Let's stand up here. Tom Ernie, I want you to come and I want you to uh, I want you to release the presence of the Lord on and in him. Before you pray, we're not praying a prayer of hoping something changes. We're not praying a prayer of none of that. We're there was a sentence of death on your life, and it has been for a long time. And the sentence of death on your life has come from the pit of hell. And occasionally you cooperate with that sentence and that contract that's out on your life. You cooperate with it, and sometimes find yourself on passing through the gates of those hells, that hell. And you've been at the taste of death more than once. Today, these men around you are going to pray a funeral over that contract of death on your life, right? So you come out and spring out life like a baby coming forth out of a womb. Death has gripped you in its womb. And today, they deliver you from the womb of death and finality of death is felt. You hear me? If you would, Steph, I want you to just minister a song. If you would, just for the next moment, we're going to close in just a minute, but I want to do something first. It's powerfully what, what the tongue interpretation came forward and the word we're spoken so far today. I really need and want, I want you to fully engage because there's going to be an impartation today, an impartation of the, the presence of the Lord and an awareness of the presence of the Lord that's in you. Okay, more than just, you're, he didn't just, you're just not living a life trying to figure out how the best to live a life. There's a purpose and a reason that life has been given to you and he dwells inside of you, lives in you. If you would, while she sings, I want you just to lift up your hands. If, if those are comfortable, lift up their hands. I want your hearts all lifted up towards the Lord. And I want you just to communicate and be sensitive to the voice and the exchange of communication that's coming from your heart and mine, from his heart and mine. And let there be a communion, a communication back and forth between the two of you. You don't really know what he's going to say. You don't know what, I mean, you don't know what's going to come to your mind. But allow that exercise to take place just for the next couple of minutes. We gotta, it's like a muscle. You've got to train your ear to hear and your heart to cooperate by faith. So just focus on him. And whatever that thought process communicate changes, just go ahead and have that dialogue with him. Your presence 
children of Israel, when they were with Moses, they recognized that God's presence was with Moses. So much so that they honored and admired Moses for who he was. And there was a time when God wanted all the children of Israel to come up to the mountain with him, with Moses, and he was going to be their God individually just like he was with Moses. The children of Israel got afraid. It was just so much easier for Moses to represent him. Just so much easier for Moses to say, Moses, you get it, and we're going to do everything you say. Whatever he tells you to do, you just tell us and we'll do it. Joshua grew up with a different kind of spirit, recognizing that it's, this is for all the people. Jesus came and demonstrated a new covenant relationship with the Father and told us how it is for us. The, the, the problem, the challenge that we face as a church today that sometimes we want to cheat, treat Jesus like the children of Israel treated Moses. It's so much easier for us to let Moses represent us than having a personal relationship with God ourselves. But Jesus said, that's why I must go away. Do, do you know that Moses, when he died, God had to hide his body? He had to hide his body because if he didn't hide his body, the children of Israel would have come and tried to memorialize it and make it something. And God had to hide it because the angels were fighting over it. There were people were fighting over it. It's spiritual. Why? Because he didn't want them memorializing something that was supposed to be passed on to them. And Jesus said to the disciples, it's necessary that I go away. Because where I go, you can't go because I'm preparing a place for you. The church has made it to where the place is a physical location and it will be one day. 
But what he was really saying is, I've gone, I gotta go prepare a place. I gotta go prepare a rank, a setting. You military people know what I'm talking. I'm going to go ahead and prepare a place, a setting, a rank that you all can live in. And I'll come back into you, but it won't be in the same form that you see me today. I'm coming back in by the Spirit. And when I come in by the Spirit, I'm coming in this way. That way I don't just get individually one and adding another. It's multitudes and multitudes and multitudes. And the Lord is saying so clearly to us today, don't do me like they did Moses. You can do much greater things than I did if you see who you are. And the call that's going out from God's throne and the trumpet that's being blown across the globe today is rise up. Take your rightful place. You are God's presence in the earth. You manifest, reveal, and function as God's agent here today. People are not getting their infirmities healed and things. Paul said it this way. He cried out to the Corinthian church and said, people are dying before their time because of our inability to discern the Lord's body. You are and I am and we are the Lord's body. We can get order back in disorder. We can get ease back in disease. We can get rest where there's unrest. It's not gonna happen by government social programs. It's not gonna happen because we change the White House or put somebody else in, in, in the Senate and control the, the, the House of Representatives of Congress. It's not gonna happen because they'll come and they will go. But his presence will remain. Wake up, rise up. It's time, it's time. I'm calling you for he's calling us to release and demonstrate the presence of God in the earth that will create and give off rest for a weary soul. That's you and that's me. And guess what? Beginning the, this night into the next year and into the next decade, you're going to see some radical things take place that you have never seen before. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man for the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You're gonna witness them. You're gonna see them. You're gonna experience them because you're gonna do them. Father, in Jesus' name, I speak that over our people here today. I speak it over your body, your church, and I release it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you all. We'll see you Wednesday night.